before they've come to Mariah House, their lives have been driven by their feelings. Mm -hmm. So if they feel sad, then they're not going to get up. If they feel angry, then they're going to shut off. You know, and so now the goal is that we teach them to be led by facts. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're feeling sad, but what are the facts that go with that? Mm -hmm. And you have to go back to what does God's word say? If he says that he has a purpose and a plan for you, then no matter how you feel, he has a purpose and a plan for you. And, and my desire is to help them to live their lives based off of that instead of like this roller coaster. Welcome to Mid-South Viewpoint. I'm Piet Stridham in for Byron Tyler. I'm the uh, founder and executive director for The Liquid Legacy, and it's my honor to stand in for Byron today. We have a very special guest with us today that I'm excited to introduce to you guys. Ariana Rimson from the Mariah House is with us. Welcome, Ariana, and thank you so much for your time today. Hi, thank you for inviting me. This is great. I'm so excited to learn a little bit more about the Mariah House. Um, why don't you start off by telling our audience a little bit more about uh, Mariah House and the ministry that you guys run there. Okay. Mariah House is a long-term Christian recovery program for women who are coming out of one of three issues, drug and alcohol addiction, crisis pregnancy, or they are victims of domestic violence. We are under the ministry of the Memphis Union Mission, so we are the women's portion. We can house up to 15 women there, so it's residential. And when the women come in, we use all biblical principles for counseling there. So we truly believe that when the Lord sets you free, you're free indeed. And we do that through the word of God. We have volunteers who come in and teach those Bible studies. Our counselors do all biblical counseling with the women. And then once they get to about seven months is when they can start working and kind of getting themselves ready to be able to move out of Mariah House into their own homes, really regain that independence that they had before their uh, issues Wow. That's a tough but incredible and much-needed ministry here in Memphis and, and across the country. How did you get involved with Mariah House? Well, I started as a volunteer. Mm -hmm. So I was volunteering with Memphis Union Mission downtown at the men's shelter. I was helping to serve meals with some women that I was discipling at the time, and I asked about the women's side if they mm -hmm. had something just just specifically for women so they told me about mariah house i started volunteering there i was an exercise teacher and then i was a babysitter and then <laughs> i started teaching bible classes and at the time the director beverly thomas asked me to come on staff as a counselor and i actually turned her down the first time because i said that <laughs> is way beyond what i am qualified to do lord but it came back around a mm -hmm. second year and the lord made it very clear that i was supposed to join the Staff. So I joined the staff in 2014 as a counselor. And then in 2018, I was asked to become the executive director. So that is the role that I have now. Wow, it's been an exciting journey getting yes. there. Yes. <laughs> and I love it. You know, God tends to call us out of our comfort zones and uh, beyond our our abilities. Um, and I guess part of that is so that we don't take credit for it all. Exactly. Uh, but I know exactly what you mean when you say you were out of your comfort zone. So that's, that's an incredible part of it. And that journey from volunteer to now executive director, that's an incredible thing. Not only God calling you into that, but you stepping out in faith and all of that. Exactly. So my undergrad was in sports medicine. So wow. it's completely different. When I first moved to Memphis, I was working for a ministry called Downline. Mm -hmm. And so I was getting all this training in discipleship, and I really wanted to disciple people to Christ. I was spending a lot of time around believers, but I truly had a heart for being around non-believers. And that's why I started volunteering. 
And I would love to see the light bulbs come on with the women, mm. you know, teaching them about the word of God and them saying, I've never heard this before. No one ever explained this to me. And I just enjoyed doing that. And then to see them finish the program and see them grow in their walk with the Lord and develop a relationship with him and teach their children mm-hmm. about the Lord. I just said, OK, Lord, I'm all in because um, yeah. I knew that that was God's calling. He wanted to set them free and he wanted to do that through his word. So if he allows me to be a part of that, then. I was all in. And later on, I went and got my um, master's in social work just so I could understand a little Mm. bit more about trauma. But still, even in all of that, I still go back to the Lord's word and how Mm. he teaches us and how he sets us free. And one of the scriptures I always go back to is that the Lord heals the brokenhearted. He bandages up their wounds. So we can counsel all day long. We can spend all this time Mm -hmm. with women. But until they realize that the Lord is the one who's going to get to those deep inner places and heal them, then they won't feel that that healing. They Mm -hmm. won't feel that deliverance from the issues that they've had in their lives. And I think from my experience in the recovery world, that experience, spiritual experience that the 12 Steps talks about, um, Big Book of the 12 Steps talks about our higher power, and we both know that higher power to be God and to be Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Um, And it's incredible to me how in the 12 Steps how spiritual it is Mm -hmm. and how when you walk somebody through those, it's a discipleship program in a sense. Not only is there tools for them in the practical side of things to walk away from an addiction or uh, a hurt habit and hang up, uh, but there's the spiritual component where God's able to come in and deliver them and bring freedom and bring a new life. And so it's so incredible to hear you talk about that. And you guys get to experience that on a regular basis. We do. We do. One of our counselors, Kim Wheeler, actually teaches the Celebrate Recovery classes for the women at Mariah House. And then we partake in the group study or kind of group uh, classes with New Hope Christian Church. So we go there on Thursday nights. And it's just been amazing to see the women, one, come to know the Lord, but then also see how the Lord cares about Mm -hmm. their recovery. That it's not just about let's go to church, let's memorize scriptures, but he really cares about them making amends. He cares Mm -hmm. about them having reconciliation. He cares about them feeling like he loves them, you know, and so that's been amazing to see that, too. Yeah, it becomes a lifestyle in the recovery world. They like to say, it's, you know, you live out the steps. But as a Christian, it's it's just the Christian lifestyle where you learn how to deal with the struggles that life brings sometimes in a healthier ways than what you used to in the past. But then also, how do you apply that to your relationships with reconciliation, with owning your side of the street on a regular basis? So it's such an incredible thing to be able to not only help these uh, these women, you know, get their lives straightened out, but also help them. Um, be equipped with the tools to live a a healthier, more well-rounded life. I agree. That's incredible. And um, Mariah House is is just the woman's portion of this? Yes. Yes, just the women. So we have a single side and a family side. Mm -hmm. So on our single side, some of the women may be parents, but they just don't have their children Mm -hmm. with them. And then on our family side, we can house four women with up to three children. And then we have two rooms for crib babies. So we take Mm -hmm. in women who are pregnant or women who have babies that are still in the crib. So we have two of those rooms. And then all the other rooms are for single women. Wow, because that adds a, a, an entirely different element of challenge for somebody who is maybe stuck in addiction or stuff, stuck in a, an abusive relationship and has children, especially young children. Mm-hmm. 
I imagine there's not too many places that they can turn to in Memphis. No, there's not. And so that's one of the reasons why we do get calls from women. And then for them to say that you'll take more than one, I can have more than one child. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yes, you can have up to three. We just don't take any boys over the age of 10. Mm -hmm. So that's the only stipulation there. But it's amazing to see that woman with her children because a lot of the fear is that they're going to have to give their child up Mm -hmm. or that they're going to have to try to find another housing option for their children. And so that alleviates all that pressure and they can actually come in and focus on getting help. And I imagine that has an impact on the child as well. You know, we we know so much of addiction and, and trauma that happens in our childhood affects how we respond to those things in our adulthood. So I imagine you guys having an impact on those kids as well, not just on the mothers. Right. We have volunteers that come in and babysit the children. And a lot of times they'll read to the children. They'll teach them Bible classes. We have constantly groups that come in and do Bible studies with the kids. So it's amazing to see the kids grow in Mm -hmm. their relationship with the Lord also. And then the funny thing is when the women graduate and they come back, the kids automatically come in and they run to that room. They've been gone for years and they still run back because it's home to them. It's a safe haven. So it's amazing to see how the Lord is using Mariah House to not just impact the women, but Mm -hmm. also the family and hopefully generations after that. And that's a powerful thing for me to think that we might think of it as a challenge of how do you help a woman in need like this that has kids with her. Most places would say no because they don't have any any way to accommodate that. But instead of seeing it as a problem, you guys have seen it as an additional ministry opportunity, in a sense, to reach that generation and to impact those kids alongside with their moms. Yes, the, to be able to minister to the whole family mm-hmm. is a blessing. That's incredible. I love that. On a previous show, we had one of your graduates, Tricia Henderson, who now runs Sister to Sister in Binghamton. Just wanted to give her, her shout out on that. Yes. For me, it's such a cool thing to be able to come across some of the graduates that have gone through the program see the success. Not only is she living you know, a healthy life and is a solid Christian and believer and following the Lord, but now you see her run her own ministry. It's amazing. It's amazing. She's come and shared her testimony to the women at Mariah House a few times, and they are always so encouraged. One, to see that she's mm-hmm. still living it out and that she's taken it and she's just not put it in her pocket, but she's mm-hmm. trying to help the next woman. So it's a blessing. Yeah. It truly is. That's got to be inspiring for some of the women there that hear that and know that they could have a future that they would have never dreamt of before. Yes, because many of them just think that, you know, I'm here for this year and then I'll just get a job. But they have no idea what God has in store for them. Mm-hmm. In a lot of ways, no, no idea of what they're actually capable of mm-hmm. achieving in life as well. So how long do the women stay with you guys in Mariah House? They're there for a year. Okay. Our times, we have a woman stay there longer than a year, but our goal is to help them to become independent and able to move out on their own within 12 months. Mm -hmm. So they start working at seven months, and they're saving all of their money. They don't have to pay to live at Mariah House, so they're able to budget. And so hopefully Mm -hmm. by the time that they get to about 11 months, we're going to look for apartments, and they're preparing to move. And we uh, love to celebrate them with a graduation, so we invite their family, their friends, their safe people, and we just celebrate them, and we celebrate what the Lord has done in their lives. You know, I'm probably more familiar with just recovery uh, centers where you go in for detox or you go in for 90 days or maybe sometimes you go in for six months for just recovery in that sense. So Mariah House takes them from not just coming in off of, um, you know, bad situation, whatever it is, whether it be on the street or abuse of home, but you see them all the way through to they're in their own place now with a job and stable. 
Yes. Yeah, so the only thing we don't do is a detox. Okay. So we do have them go and detox somewhere else because we're not a medical facility mm-hmm. and we just know what we can do and what we can't there do. So they go and detox somewhere and then they come to us. And yes, like you said, our goal is to walk them all the way through. And then even as graduates, we still mm-hmm. want them to come back and be involved. Before COVID, we were able to do a aftercare program mm-hmm. where they would come about every two weeks and just kind of meet together and talk. So I'm hoping that we can get that started back again. But it's encouraging for them to one see one another Mm -hmm. that they've graduated with and then also for the current clients to see them come back and see that they're doing well yeah and i bet that you know builds in some accountability but also just that encouragement from one to another of uh, coming shoulder to shoulder you know the graduates that you were in, in in there with for a year but also new folks seeing what could be done and what life could be like on the other side and I love just the journey that you have with these women. I imagine you get pretty close to know them on a real level over that mm-hmm. course of that year. Yeah, and it never fails that there is something that happens to them while they're at Mariah House. It mm-hmm. could be that they were really pursuing this one job and they got turned down or a family member gets sick. So they're learning how to deal with stressors mm. of life while they're at Mariah House. And it's actually something I pray for for them because mm-hmm. if they don't get that experience there and they don't have that group of people around them, them, counselors who can mm-hmm. help them to sort out how do you deal with it now instead of going back to your mm-hmm. old patterns then when they graduate they're not going to know what to do and so it's a blessing even though they hate <laughs> going through that but it is a blessing for them to see okay yeah. I can make it through some hardships I can lose a family member I can get diagnosed with mm-hmm. something I can lose a job and still be able to walk wholeheartedly with mm-hmm. the Lord because I know that it, it's his plan yeah and so much of trauma is um you know, overcoming trauma in our lives is knowing how to deal with the emotions, knowing how to deal with everything internally that's happening. You know, addiction stems from that. It's we want to change the way we feel. So being able to equip them in those moments when they're faced with emotions that normally would have spiraled them out of control or put them in worse situations that they've, than they've even been in, you're able to walk them through that and teach them how to cope with that yeah. in a healthy way. Yeah, and one of my things is I show this diagram to the women. One of the past clients calls it my feeling train. Mm. So basically, before they've come to Mariah House, their lives have been driven by their feelings. Mm -hmm. So if they feel sad, then they're not going to get up. If they feel angry, then they're going to shut off. You know, and so now the goal is that we teach them to be led by facts. Mm -hmm. So let's say you're feeling sad, but what are the facts that go with that? Mm -hmm. And you have to go back to what does God's word say? If he says that he has a purpose and a plan for you, then no matter how you feel, he has a purpose and a plan for you. And and my desire is to help them to live their lives based off of that instead mm-hmm. of like this roller coaster, yeah. you know, and that helps their children, too, because you're as we know, our kids watch <laughs> everything we do, whether we realize it or not. And so they are going to pick up on those things and say, OK, so if things don't work out for mom, she just shuts off. Mm-hmm. She isolates. But we want them to see, no, even if things don't work out, we keep going yeah. because we're believing in a hope that's bigger than this. It's bigger than this job. It's bigger than this house. It is Christ. So we want to teach them how to be anchored in that and not in what could happen or in the circumstances. I love that you guys are so hardline on Scripture in a sense, in that that's the unfallible, that's the unchangeable. This is the one thing we know we can trust is what the Word of God says. And when it says that He has a plan for you, then we can hold to that no matter the circumstances. I think even as believers, even when we're in healthy places, sometimes it's easy to get derailed with everything going on in the world. And we look at today's world and we can feel very out of control very quickly. 
And so even as a healthy person feeling that there's so much going on, what am I supposed to do? How much more so for somebody who's living in trauma or has never learned how to cope with the stressors of life? Mm -hmm. And so be able to have scripture at the core of that. I almost don't know how you would do recovery and how you would heal without that. There's absolutely the work that God does in and through us. And then there's scripture that we can hold on to and the promises. That's the most powerful thing we've got there. I totally agree. And I I think about the example when Christ took his disciples on the boat and there was Mm -hmm. that huge storm Mm -hmm. and they turned to, do you not care? We're going to perish. And that's how we feel. You know, when we're going through a traumatic experience, we feel like God has just forgotten us. But that peace that Christ had is that, you know, he woke up and he said, all I have to do is speak to this. Be still. And they said, what matter of man is this? And so our desire is to teach women that he is your anchor. Mm hmm. And if you put all of your trust in him every single day, it's not just a, you put your trust in him when you mm-hmm. accept Christ and then you just kind of figure it out on your own every day. No, it's every single morning you're saying, Lord, I'm depending on you again today. I cannot do this unless you help me. Mm-hmm. Lord, this this next thing came in and how do I believe in you and how do I trust mm-hmm. you at this time? And so it's every single day you're making him your anchor. Yeah, it's a daily thing and it's sometimes a minute by minute thing. I think it's one of the things I love in the recovery readings is giving my will and my life over to the Lord. For me, it's, you know, there's the life. We all recognize the moment that we gave our lives over to Christ, uh, in that moment of salvation, of surrender. But giving my will over, I don't know about you or anybody else, but for me, that is a, a daily thing mm-hmm. and a, a moment by moment thing because my will can be so selfish and can be so overwhelmed with situations around me. If I don't do that on a very regular basis, as in daily or more than once a day, my will will take over, and I have to submit that will regularly. And it's one of the most powerful things I learned in the recovery world. I agree. I agree. And also just obedience and repentance. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like they have to go hand in hand because if the Lord reveals something to you, you have to have that heart to repent and not have that pride in your heart saying, Mm -hmm. I I got it together. I'll figure it out on my own. It's like, no, Lord, okay, you reveal this to me. And do we always do that? No. No. Not at all. I don't always do it. But my desire is to do it every day that, Lord, I recognize what you're showing me. Okay, And then I follow him in obedience, Mm -hmm. you know, and I'm saying, Lord, I love you. Thus, I'm going to keep your commandments because that's what you told me to do. Yeah. So our desire, again, is to go back to that with women and, and ask them, you know, it's so easy to. Um, I guess when you've gone through hardship to blame everyone and say, Mm -hmm. well, if it wasn't for my mother, if it wasn't for my father. But like you said earlier, you have to take responsibility for Mm -hmm. your own actions and you have to figure out you are the one that made that decision, whether it's to get into the toxic relationship or even stay Mm -hmm. in the toxic relationship. You still made that decision or you made the decision to use that narcotic or to Mm -hmm. use alcohol and abuse, abuse it. So you still have to go back and say, what part did I play in my addiction? What part did I play in this relationship? And then ask the Lord to forgive you of that so that you cannot repeat that pattern again. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about somebody that might be listening and either be in a relationship that they're questioning whether or not this is a healthy or a toxic or even abusive relationship. Or maybe they are struggling with an addiction of painkillers or drugs, alcohol, any of those things. You know, the Holy Spirit starting to tingle like maybe this is something for you. How does somebody know that this is what I need and this is the place to go to? Right. I would say first, if they're in a toxic relationship, a few kind of red flags would be is where are your family and friends? Mm-hmm. If they have told you that this is not a healthy relationship and that 
that person you're with is pulling you away from that group of people, Mm -hmm. then that's one red flag. If you are feeling less than whenever you're around them, you feel like you are worthless, you're feeling hopeless, then that lets you know that this is not a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. I would first say to get to safety. So if that means that you need to call law enforcement so you can get away or you need to contact the Family Safety Center to get an order of protection, do those things for your safety first. Mm -hmm. And then once you're safe, contact Mariah House. So that number is 901-522-8819. You can send us a text message and we will reply to you through text. And we can tell you all the things that I'm sharing Mm -hmm. right now. Also, if you are in active addiction, I would say go and look for detox right now. You Mm -hmm. know that you have kind of reach your, as they say, end of the rope, mm-hmm. you know, and so you realize now that you cannot keep living like this. And today is a day to make the change and get into some help and then come into Mariah House and, mm-hmm. and figure out the root issue. Because I, I think a lot of times, even as you were saying, some 30 day programs, 90 day programs, it kind of fans the smoke. It gets you to stop using, but it doesn't get to the root issue. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we do at Mariah House is get to the root issue so that you don't repeat the pattern over and over again. So if you've done those 30 day programs and you're still seeing that Mm -hmm. you're in addiction, then that means that you need to get to the root issues. Yeah. And the only way to get there is is time with trained professionals that really help you uncover those things um, and get to that root issues. And then as well, walk you through how, what do you do with it when you discover that? Yes. Because um, I think that's the hardest part is once yes. it all comes to the surface, what then now? everyone's want to run away from it and not deal with it. But that's when, yeah. you know, we're there to help them sort it all out. What would you say to somebody who maybe has a loved one or maybe has a relative or somebody, a friend that is going through this that maybe is in detox or getting ready to go into a detox or into a program like Mariah House? If I have a a friend or loved one, how do I support them best? Okay, so it's a three-step process. You can call for them and ask some questions about Mariah House, but if they are serious about coming in, they need to call themselves and do an initial intake with one of our volunteers or one of our staff members. Once they do that, then we need a professional referral. And unfortunately, it cannot be a family member or a friend. We need someone who's non-biased. You know, we need a, a professional. We need a pastor. We need a social worker. We need a counselor. Someone who can speak to the issues that this woman is dealing with. Mm-hmm. Once we do that, then we have an assessment, and that's an our assessment where we really just talk to the woman and we go through everything from physical health to mental health to spiritual growth and where they are there and that our desire is to get a um, I guess a snapshot into this mm-hmm. woman's life to see if Mariah House would be a good fit for her like any other uh, ministry like this Mariah House is not a good fit for everyone exactly and um, when you have uh, when you have something like this where you have so many women in a, in a close space working through uh, if you have somebody in there that isn't helpful in that group dynamic or is toxic themselves in that sense, I can see that derailing the entire group. Right. And so one of our things is because we're not a medical facility, mm-hmm. we can only take mild psychological disorders. Mm-hmm. So if someone has a personality disorder, then Mariah House is not a good fit for them. Mm-hmm. We are able to deal with anxiety, depression, those kind of issues. But anything bigger than that, we would refer them to a place that has more skill yeah. in that area. But the first step for anybody would be to directly contact Mariah House. Yes. What's that number again? 901-522-8819. And it's great that you can either call or text that number. Yeah, we just started the texting option last year, and it has been a blessing, especially for women in domestic violence, yeah. because a lot of times they can't get on the phone, so they'll just send us a quick text, and then we can tell them, well, go here, mm-hmm. call this number, call us at this time, and it's been a blessing to be able to help women. Yeah, it's a easy, non-threatening way to reach out for help. It is. And then um, 
Do you have any uh, maybe short stories you'd want to share of, of success? Of you know, we talked about Trisha a little bit, but maybe some of the other women that you've seen them not just change their lives around, but walk out and make an impact back onto the world again. Yes. Well, one woman, and I won't share her name, but we, when she was there, probably about two and a half years ago, she was not able to have her child with her at the time because of her addiction. Mm -hmm. And so we walked with her through that, through court proceedings Mm -hmm. and custody battles and all that. And so it was amazing to see her, one, stick with the Lord and trust that God was going to turn it around. And then even after she graduated, she was still met with kind of a pushback of, we need to see you a year outside of Mariah Mm -hmm. House to really see if you're ready. And she was, and she sticked with it and she was able to get her child back full custody. And now she is a vital member of her church. She comes and volunteers at Mariah House. We're just excited to see what the Lord is doing in her life. And she's been committed to do this over and over again. Granted, she's not doing any ministry per se, but she's ministering through her life and by raising her child in the belief of Christ. Mm -hmm. So it's amazing to see that. You have no idea the impact that that has on that child that now they're reconciled and they're able to have a real relationship um, moving forward. So it's powerful. How long has Mariah House been in Memphis? I believe it has been around since 1996. Wow. Yes. So there's a lot of women that have come through there that have had some major life change. How many women do you guys take again? Fifteen women. And I'm guessing is that on a rotation scale, so somebody get out, and so there's on a regular basis room for somebody to come in. Yes, there's always room for someone. There are times where we may have a waiting list on the family side because Mm -hmm. we don't have as many rooms. We only have four of those large rooms. But other than that, we have space available. Again, the, the main thing would be to contact you guys directly on that phone number. Ask the questions. If you think that you need help or you have somebody that you think needs help, this is a great resource here in Memphis. Um, anything that you would want to put out there for how folks might be able to support you guys or pray for you? Yes, you can support us through the Memphis Union Mission. You can do that online through our website, and that's memphisunionmission.org. You can go on there and support us financially. You can also support us by becoming a volunteer with Mariah House. If that is something that the Lord has put in your heart and you would like to babysit some sweet babies or you want to come and do a devotion with the ladies or assist in doing an exercise class with the ladies, you can call us and speak to our volunteer coordinator about how to do that. Some of the prayers that we have had this year for our women is one that the women that come into Mariah House are truly ready to be transformed. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of times that you get women that are kind of just running, but they're not ready to stop running. And so we really want women who are ready to change. We are also praying for some things that we need to kind of rehab at Mariah House. So we've got a playground that that needs some assistance. So those are some things that we're trying to pray through. And then we also are just praying that the Lord would fill the rooms. Mm -hmm. You know, we know that there's women out there who need assistance and we pray that they would find us and that they would be committed to stay. Definitely something to keep in prayer and then uh, also for the financial support because I know any other ministry without the financial support of generous folks out there, we can't do what we do. So you want to give out the phone number and the website one more time Mm -hmm. if folks want to reach out to you guys or support you? That number is 901-522-8819 and that website is memphisunionmission.org. Well, Ariana, it's been amazing to get to know you a little bit and hear more about Mariah House and the impact that you guys are having on the women in Memphis. Definitely be praying for you guys as the Lord continues to lead you in the ministry. I'd say sign up to volunteer, and you never know where you're going to end up at the end of that, right? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) You never know what the Lord's going to do with it. 
sadly come to the end of our time, but it's been great to hear your story and the story of Mariah House and the, the women that you've been able to help there. And we thank you for listening today to Mid-South's Viewpoint. Again, I'm Pete Stratum standing in for Byron Tyler, and we hope you have a great day. Hey, I'm Byron Tyler. You know, one way to listen to the Mid-South Viewpoint radio show that you just heard, as well as previous episodes, is to download the Bot Radio mobile app available for iPhone and Android users. Additionally, you'll be able to listen to all the programs that you hear on this station anytime, anywhere. Why not download today and enjoy listening to your favorite program here on Bot Radio Network.